Welcome back, everybody, to the Luke Beasley Show. It's great to be with you. I hope you are all doing very well. Let's go ahead and jump into our first story. Last night, Liz Cheney lost her GOP primary in Wyoming to Harriet Hageman, and that was the expected outcome. I was pretty confident she was going to lose, but a lot of eyes were on the race for a couple big reasons. The first was just because Liz Cheney has garnered so much more prominence recently due to her standing against uh, Donald Trump and his election lies, as well as being one of the leaders of the January 6th Select Committee that was looking into January 6th, as well as the events surrounding it and those anti-democratic actions by Trump and his allies. And so that's kind of the first reason she has become more prominent. And then connected to that is it does represent this somewhat of a battle going on, a significant one. Um, I say somewhat because I don't think there's um, that much of a question of who's winning right now. I think kind of the MAGA Trumpster brand of Republicanism is dominating within the Republican Party. That is the majority within the Republican Party. But it's still fascinating to watch this clash between more honest Republicans versus the Trump brand of Republicans and Liz Cheney versus Harriet Hageman, who was backed by Trump in this race, is a great example of that. Um, and we've seen a couple races that kind of had this uh, resemblance where, you know, even Mike Pence would endorse one person and Trump would endorse the other. And then kind of you see a little proxy war going on there, um, even though I think Liz Cheney represents an even more uh separate part of the Republican Party than even Mike Pence, because she's actually stood up against Trump even stronger than Mike Pence has, definitely. Uh, Mike Pence has actually been pretty pretty weak with his words against Trump, um, compared to what I think he should have said after January 6th. And then, obviously, Adam Kinzinger is another good example of someone in the Liz Cheney camp. So that's fascinating to watch as this dynamic plays out within the Republican Party, even though in the case of Liz Cheney's primary, there wasn't a big question about who was going to win in my mind. Um, polling just seemed to show that Liz Cheney was going to have a really, really uphill battle if she wanted to have have a chance. But it does represent the admirable nature of what she did, because um, the decision she made to tell the truth and to fight back against the lies that Donald Trump was telling directly caused her to lose her primary. So she's about to address that in part of her concession concession speech I'm about to show you. And then we're going to discuss what her future plans may be going forward. So here's part of her concession speech. Two years ago, I won this primary with 73% of the vote. I could easily have done the same again. The path was clear, but it would have required that I go along with President Trump's lie about the 2020 election. It would have required that I enable his ongoing efforts to unravel our democratic system and attack the foundations of our republic. That was a path I could not and would not take. So I think she's exactly right there. Um, she definitely could have won her primary if she was just another Republican who went along with Trump's election lies because that has been that has become in any district that it isn't super moderate any district that has heavy trump sentiment that is the litmus test you have to believe the 2020 election was stolen um, regardless of there being any evidence uh, regardless of there being no evidence to prove that um, and that is what at least gives you a check mark in your box of being an option and then if there's multiple people who tell that lie then there's some sort of battle but um 
First off, the first box you have to check to be a Republican in any district that has heavy Trump sentiment is to believe the election was lot, was uh, stolen, which of course is a complete lie. And so it, it's admirable, um, regardless of what you think of Liz Cheney in other contexts, it is very admirable that she chose the truth in this situation over her own political gain um, temporarily. So that kind of brings us to our next point. It seems to be a big conversation point when talking about Liz Cheney, seeing her lose this primary of, will she run for president? Now, when I hear that, it kind of confuses me because I don't understand how she could run in the Republican primary based on these results and based on what we see polling wise. And I don't understand she definitely couldn't run as a Democrat. Um, so the only option open would be an independent. Now, you could, I guess people would argue with me maybe about if she could run as a Republican, if there's enough Republicans who uh, would go along with someone who feuded so publicly with Trump. And that's a whole other thing. But I've, of course, pitched the idea of her running as an independent presidential candidate just to try to strip away some votes from the Republicans, grab some of that moderate Republican vote to try to help the Democrats. Now, of course, anytime you do a strategy like that, you're risking some Democrats also going over. But hopefully if we had a good Democratic candidate, all the Democrats would go for that person. And then some moderate Republicans would go for the independent Liz Cheney ticket, which could strip away just enough to uh, kind of destroy the Republican Party's chances, which I think if Liz Cheney's primary goal, which it seems to be, and she's expressed many times, is to keep Donald Trump out of the White House, um, and that's kind of the center point of her political ambitions right now, then her trying to do anything possible, even if it meant, ru meant running for president, knowing she couldn't win as an independent, just to strip away some moderate Republican voters, um, that, I mean, that might be the most logical plan for her. And again, that's really risky. Hopefully, moderate Democrats don't also do that, because um, then you might accidentally not do any good. Um, but my my thought is there's enough anti-Trump sentiment within the Republican Party who maybe would hop over to a Liz Cheney ticket, but would never hop over, over to a Democratic ticket, if that makes sense. Again, I think Liz Cheney has 0% chance of actually winning the presidency, because again, she couldn't run on, the, on two of the major tickets successfully, in my mind. Feel free to uh, disagree with me, but that's a big conversation topic. And so the first moment on the, ele the election day that got some coverage was her saying this is just the beginning of the journey, regar uh, regardless of the results. So I'll show you that. And then she gets pressed on the question of running. Stake today, Congresswoman. Well, look, I think today, uh, no matter what the outcome is, is certainly the beginning uh, of, of a battle that, that is going to continue and is going to go on. And uh, as a country, we're facing uh, very challenging and difficult times. Uh, we're facing a moment where uh, our democracy really is uh, under attack and under threat. And those of us uh, across the board, Republicans, Democrats, and independents, who believe deeply in freedom and who care about the Constitution and the future of the country, uh, I think have an obligation to, to put that above party. Uh, and uh, and I think that fight is clearly going to continue. Yeah. Um, so her saying it's just the beginning of the journey does indicate um, that she has some larger political ambitions after losing the primary. But then after she actually did end up losing, she got uh, pressed on today about on the show today <laughs> about uh, this question of running for president. Public. The former president said last night, you're now headed to political oblivion. You said this fight is just beginning. You've even uh, launched a political organization already. So let's just be straight about it. Are you considering running for president yourself? Well, what I'm going to do, Savannah, is 
spend the next several months uh, completing my work in Congress, obviously completing my work representing the people of Wyoming. Uh, we have a tremendous amount of work left to do on the January 6th committee. Uh, and also, though, uh, I'm going to be making sure that people all around this country understand the stakes of what we're facing, understand the extent to which uh, we've now got uh, one major political party, my party, uh, which has really become uh, a cult of personality. And we've got to get this party back to a place where we're embracing the values and the principles on which it was founded uh, and, and talking about, you know, fundamental uh, issues of civics, fundamental issues of what does it mean to be a constitutional republic. But Congresswoman, you didn't answer me yes or no. Takes yeah, to I know keep that Donald you Trump I will be doing whatever it takes to keep Donald Trump out of the Oval Office. Well, I know you didn't say yes or no, and that's fine if you're thinking about it. But are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about running for president? It, uh, that's a decision that I'm going to make in the in the coming months, Savannah. I'm not going to make any announcements here this morning, but uh, but it is something that I uh, I'm thinking about, and I'll make a decision uh, in the coming months. Let's go back. to Okay, so she says she's thinking about it now. Again, we'll, we'll always remind you whenever a politician is not planning on running for president for real and they get asked that question, it's obvious. They go, oh, no, absolutely not. I would never want to be president. If they are thinking about it, that's the answer they give. If they are planning on it, that's the answer they give. Um, so definitely, I think that's on the top of her mind. She started like a political um, organization, political action, something of some sort. And so I think she does have that ambition. Now, again, what the plan would be, I don't know. If it is just a larger strategic plan to try to make it impossible for the Republican Party to win in 2024 by stripping away some moderate voters to bring over to an independent kind of Republican brand, then that could be cool. But if she's actually thinking that she could win, I, I don't see any way that could happen unless some political realities changed real quick in America. Um, but again, admirable. What she was doing in this moment is is harder than I think many people are giving her credit for. I mean, many people in mainstream media are, but people online, a lot of progressives sometimes will be like, oh, well, of course she should have done this. It's the truth. Yeah, I agree with you. Everyone should do this. But you can put um, situations like this within the context of the country that, that we're in and the political realities in which we exist. And so right now we're in one where the, almost the entire Republican Party has to go along with Trump's lies. So when you stand against that, yes, you should get credit for it. And whenever you explicitly do something, knowing that you're probably going to lose your upcoming race and get taken out of your position of power, um, but you do it anyways, because it's the more uh, high integrity move, then yes, you should get some credit for that. So um, obviously somewhat of a bummer that now we have a full on Trumpster in that seat instead of Liz Cheney. But um, we will continue to watch to see what her future plans are. And um, maybe there's some sort of strategy out there that I haven't thought about that would make sense uh, for her running for president. Who knows? But I definitely don't think to my Democratic viewers, don't be getting in your head that we should get behind Liz Cheney as a Democratic option. I don't think she would run as that, but I heard some people being saying I would vote for her. And I think you have to remember, um, standing for the truth is important, but it doesn't mean that policies don't matter. And she wouldn't stand for the policies that we believe in, right? And so all of the Democratic options stand against um, all of the like the people who would run within the Democratic Party. They all stand against Trump's lies. So the one thing that makes her special, all of the Democratic Party uh, candidates that we could choose from would also do that. And they would have policies we believe in. So don't be getting in your head. I understand that we respect her now 
to an extent for what she did, but it doesn't mean that there aren't significant differences that matter. Um, and so I would hope that even moderate Democrats don't accidentally get mixed up um, on that. But we'll see, and we'll continue to follow it very closely. I have a pretty explosive moment from Fox News, uh, their show The Five for you, where one of the correspondents uh, or one of the hosts who is the liberal kind of a voice on the panel goes off really effectively. Um, it takes a while for her to be able to get her word in, as you'll see here, um, because Dan Bongino, who is just quite the character, um, continues to interrupt her. But once he finally stops, she rapid fire goes through and just makes some incredible points um, and then makes it hard for the rest of them to respond. And they, they try, but, you know, I don't think it was nearly as effective as her statement. So again, this, this little segment will start off with her feuding with Dan Bongino, but then, uh, she'll get her own chance to talk and, and makes really good points. Here it is. And to call the Attorney General of the United States of America. And again, of course, this is about, uh, the FBI raid stuff in regard to Donald Trump. Call the Attorney General of the United States of America. A loser, I think that's the word that you use. No, he's a loser. <laughs> oh, he's a real loser. Great, Dan. Like a genuine I, loser. I an just, actual I loser. Can, and I, 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 I've I mean, known losers I'm in my life, and Merrick Garland is, is certainly not. He is a total loser. Okay. He is burning down the constitutional he republic, not. targeting the, this guy. The former, and you don't know what's in there either. No, and I can tell you what's not in the PP hole. An actual PP tape. I can tell you what was on the Hunter Biden laptop. Actual pictures of him with hookers smoking yeah. crack. Guess what? So Hunter please Biden was not president and will not the be. pearl clutching about how Barack Obama was a standard and paragon of justice on the Democrat side. <laughs> Hillary Clinton literally oh paid God. a foreign go. spy, paid a foreign spy to in, produce Okay, I love this moment. So um, Dan Bongino is going... <laughs> off on all these things and then brings up Hillary Clinton and then she quickly looks at her watch and goes nine minutes in you brought up Hillary Clinton because that's one of the main strategies that people lately on the right have which is don't address the issue at hand just bring up a bunch of other things a bunch of other people so talking about the fbi raid constantly they'll go why haven't they raided hunter biden why haven't they raided hillary clinton why haven't they raided obama and it's just uh, okay so we're just not at all going to address what we're talking about now we're just going to do a bunch of what about isms all right um so i love how she calls that out folks about this and you're <laughs> citing just, the democrat party as a paragon don't make just, me laugh i, I on sat the there and listened to you well so just you, let me finish. you brought up i just want a confirmation loser, of, which no. he is so okay. if you stop being a the loser, I wouldn't here, have the need to respond. The, okay. The point here is that the former president has no respect for the rule of law. And he's shown this over and over again. He called Brad Raffensperger up and he said, find me 11,853 votes when he didn't like what was happening in Georgia. He wanted to stop the count in Arizona and continue it in Pennsylvania. We saw what happened on January 6th, where he wanted Mike Pence to decertify an uh, American election, make all of all of you at home. He wanted your votes not to count. That's how little respect True. he has for it. And now he's refusing to comply with rules that every president has had to comply with. And why now? Because they subpoenaed him in June and he did not comply. Now you're making that up. No, I'm not. You're making that up. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. He actually met with them on June 3rd, according to multiple sources. Yes, and then after that, Jay Brad, who was the agent involved in this, who does oversee... 
It was six weeks. It was six weeks since the end of June, and that was the last Did communication. Did he comply with the last weeks. subpoena? If it was so David. urgent, if it was so urgent, that's not so what I asked you. They, was there a subpoena ignored by the Trump they team? They had conversations after the subpoena. Was multiple it conversations complied right, with? They yeah, handed over what? surveillance. Okay, so we'll stop it there. But I love how she kept pressing because, again, they always do this thing where they don't directly address the topic at hand and they try to just slightly move the goalposts and well uh so the question she's asking is did he comply with the subpoena and then the other lady i don't know who the other person on the panel was but um she goes if it was so urgent then what that wasn't the question the urgency of the matter was not at question um and how do you know how urgent it was depending on what the documents are that they um were looking for it could be very urgent Holy smokes. But yes, absolutely. Um, the point being made about him not complying with the authorities was absolutely correct. Um, as Yahoo News breaks down here, uh, Donald Trump was warned that the records he was holding uh, onto were illegally retained, but the former president refused to give them back because he disagreed with, with that assertion, a new report claims. The New York Times reported on Tuesday that Mr. Trump flat out refused to return boxes of documents, including some that apparently were marked classified. When approached by his former deputy White House counsel, Patch, uh, Patrick Philbin, and he wasn't alone. Multiple other aides to the president reportedly told him the same thing, but Mr. Trump resisted, telling them it's not theirs, it's mine on several occasions referring to the stash of documents. So he had aides coming to him saying, you need to comply um, and return these documents, return this classified information. And Donald Trump responded, it's not theirs, it's mine, which is just fascinating. And so I love the point um, that was being made by the more liberal, ho liberal host um, who is saying, you know, you not exactly this, but kind of to extend on her her point. Republicans pretend to care about rule of law. They pre they pretend to care about um, you know uh, going along with the orders of law enforcement when they're made to you. And and so often they in other situations will go well. Of course that person ended up getting shot, or of course that bad thing ended up happening because the person wasn't complying with the authorities kind of an in individual police interactions but then when it comes down to trump not complying with a law enforcement organization the fbi it's no big deal oh well they're treating him so poorly and i'm sure he would have turned them up eventually if you just asked really 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 nicely and all of these things that just go against the points and the beliefs they had previously presented um, and so we understand that's the way that so many of these actors roll um, they absolutely will hold a principle until it's no longer beneficial to them, making it not a principle, just a temporary, uh, you know, pre pretending belief that they have. And so I love that just walking through how, what is a better example of someone who doesn't give one poop about the rule of law than them trying to overturn a lawful election? I mean, the president's, one of their primary roles in my mind is to respect the democratic process in which they operate within. Because the second that you don't do that, the second that you try to flip these election results, you are trying to take away people's voices within the country. You're trying to take away the power that we have as citizens to decide who is in power um, and and decide who represents us. And so if you say, no, I don't want to have lost, so I'm going to go and try to overturn the election results, you are taking that power away from us, or at least you're attempting to. Obviously, he wasn't successful. And so that point needs to be made 
time and time again because it is so important. And it's something that I say in any conversations with um, conservatives. Obviously, if they're completely heels all the way into the ground on the idea of the election being stolen, it's a little bit tougher. I got to first debate them on that. But people who are more willing to say, ah, maybe the election was legitimate, then saying, okay, if you recognize that, then don't you have to recognize how dangerous Donald Trump is and how dangerous that movement is? Because the second you have people, especially as high of a position of power as the presidency, trying to take away people's right to vote by overturning elections if they don't go the way that they had hoped, um, you have a deterioration of our democracy that is very, very hard to get past. And each time that it happens, again, let's say Trump got in power again and similar actions were taken or someone like Trump got in power and similar actions were taken, you increase the likelihood that you're not going to get past at that time. And um, that can just do completely irreversible damage on the democratic process we have, which is the only thing that holds our country together and allows us to continue moving forward despite major disagreements, despite um, any hardship that we face at any given uh, point in time. So it's so important, as she very effectively expressed, that um, people are aware of the danger that Donald Trump poses and the uh, the lack of caring he has for our, our rule of law and for our democratic process. Tucker Carlson says that it is obvious that Trump will be indicted. Tucker Carlson believes absolutely uh, Trump is going to be indicted, which of course is what I believe now. Um, if the FBI is, is willing to raid Donald Trump's home, I think that means they have enough evidence and enough reason to believe they're going to have to, uh, indict him and, and then he'll get prosecuted. And so I agree with Tucker Carlson's take on this, but it's interesting to me that Tucker Carlson is saying this to his audience because this is not what a Tucker Carlson audience would want to believe. And there's a little bit of a fear that you're getting people prepared to be real angry. And when it happens, they're going to be ready to do any sort of violent acts. I, obviously, I hope to the deepest part of my heart that doesn't happen, but it seems to be the way that this movement is going whenever uh, Trump is held accountable. I mean, we saw just the demonization of the FBI has led to violent threats and violent actions towards FBI agents. And so can you imagine if you actually got indicted, um, what would happen to all of the people involved in that process? Super scary. So let's check out that moment and then discuss. Well, they're just, the FBI is just simply carrying out their responsibilities. Of course they are. Come on, will you support law enforcement? There's nothing to see here. That's the line. And no doubt Asa Hutchinson and Mitch McConnell and Dan Crenshaw and the rest of them will be telling you the very same thing when the Biden Justice Department or some other state law enforcement agency under their influence finally does what you know they're going to do, which is indict Donald Trump. Obviously, they're going to do that. Who knows how? Maybe they'll produce surveillance video from Mar-a-Lago. Apparently, they've already subpoenaed that. We'll spend the next year talking about how it shows Trump mishandling classified information. Really? Okay, I'm going to stop it there. What is happening? I don't understand how he gets to do that. That's so much easier than um, what I have to do. Like, okay, he is on a major TV network. I have a little show <laughs> over here, right? And I have to think every day whenever I start a story, what points do I want to make and what evidence should I provide to support those points? And I would feel horrible about myself if I did a segment and kind of didn't really have any justification for the things I was saying. But he just sits there and makes a bunch of statements in an outraged tone of voice and then 
and that's it. You know they're going to do it, and who knows? I mean, they're, they're going to get security footage, and that security footage might show <laughs> Trump mishandling classified documents. <laughs> well, oh, it, okay, if it, if it shows that, then it sounds like you're on board with the um, investigation that's going on. What are, we, what are we talking about here? Just because you say it in an outraged tone of voice doesn't mean it's not true. doesn't mean it's not serious. Um, but that's what he does so often. He'll either do that, where he says things in a silly tone of voice to say, isn't this all so silly, even though I'm not going to explain why, why it's silly? Or um, he asks questions. I'm just asking questions. Who knows? Maybe biden's gonna go in your home and murder you i don't know it's just a question um fascinating stuff but again i think this moment was interesting because it shows even the right is prepping um for that to come down the pipes which i didn't see before this fbi raid i didn't see the sentiment of trump's definitely gonna get um indicted or prosecuted um so that's really fascinating to me because I think now most of America is on the same page. Yeah, it's it's coming down and Trump is going to end up seeing kind of or being held accountable by the law, which is really, really fascinating. And that's my belief now. Um, obviously, a year ago, for sure. And even before that, six months ago, I had a really hard time seeing Trump be held accountable in that manner, just based on historically people in power being held accountable like that. Um but now after the Georgia investigation, watching everything that came out of the January 6th committee, um, as well as the New York investigation as it's progressed, um, but then the FBI raid definitely kind of was the cherry on top and really has brought me to believe, yep, Trump's going to be indicted. And that's huge and groundbreaking and historic and all of those things. So um, looks like Tucker Carlson agrees. Not that that means anything to us, but um, it does mean that he wants his audience to be ready for that. And he feels like his audience should also hold in their mind that that's about to happen, which to me is a little bit scary, even though I guess in a really uh, real way, it's somewhat, somewhat true. So I guess he's telling the truth in that sense. Rudy Giuliani, as we previously discussed, is going in front of the Georgia... Uh, grand jury that is investigating his attempts to overturn the 2020 election results in Georgia. Um, so we'll take a look here at a little bit um, about that. Rudy Giuliani faced a special grand jury Wednesday under a judge's order to appear before the panel investigating attempts by former President Donald Trump and others to overturn his 2020 election defeat in Georgia. News cameras swarmed Giuliani as he stepped out of a limousine Wednesday morning with his attorney, Robert Castello, and walked up the steps into the uh, Fulton County Courthouse in Atlanta. Giuliani told reporters that he wouldn't talk about his testimony. It's unclear how much the former New York mayor and attorney for Trump will be willing to say now that he uh, now that his lawyers have been informed he's a target of the investigation. Questioning will take place behind closed doors because the special grand jury proceedings are secret. Yet Giuliani's appearance is another high-profile step in a rapidly escalating investigation that has uh, ensnared several Trump allies and brought heightened scrutiny to the desperate and ultimately failed efforts to overturn Democrat Joe Biden's 2020 election win. It's one of several investigations into Trump's actions in office as he lays the groundwork for another run at the White House in 2024. So it's just wild that this is all really beginning. Giuliani is there. He's being questioned again, as they outlined. He's, uh, we're unsure on exactly how much he'll say. Will he actually answer questions? Will he plead the fifth? What's going to go on in that sense? Will he want to answer for Trump about what Trump did about 
Trump's part in those actions or will he just stay focused on his own? Um, who knows? But here's a little bit of a clip of him walking into the courthouse and getting asked some questions. He doesn't answer them, but it's just fascinating to see kind of a pretty historic moment where the former lawyer of the president of the United States, uh, the former president is going to be questioned about overturning the election. That's just wild history books. We will not talk about this until it's over. It's a grand jury and grand juries, as I recall, a secret. <laughs> Do you believe President Trump is the ultimate target of this investigation? I'm not going to comment on the grand jury investigation. What do you think their ultimate goal is here? About it. What, what are you expecting to talk about here today? <laughs> well, they, they ask the questions and we'll see. Will you be cooperative? I mean, your new attorney in New York says you can't promise how responsive you'll be. That is Nick Valencia right in the... So there we go. Um, and I just wanted to capture this moment in a segment because, again, I really do see this as profoundly important and historic. The idea that allies close to the president, likely being directed by the president um, of the United States at the time, were attempting to overturn lawful election results in a state and now are actually being held accountable for it, hopefully, um, at least being investigated for it, is is really, really important. Um, and I do think it'll be remembered for a long time. And it's this idea that if you don't hold people accountable in a significant way, then it will happen again. Um, we've already seen, as I've discussed multiple times now, this pattern that's um, emerged of people who are kind of Trump sycophants or Trump endorsees who follow the exact playbook that Trump laid out. Something we didn't see that often in America, which was people attempting to claim an election was stolen, um, claim all of this fraud and claim they really won. And now we're seeing it all over the place. And they all do this same pattern of in the buildup. They say, ah, we're seeing there could be some fraud. Carrie Lake's a great example of this in Arizona. We're seeing indications there might be some fraud. So if we win, it's because uh, we got so many votes they weren't able to steal. If we lose, it's because it was stolen. So you set up a situation where you're going to win either way. And that's really dangerous. And then, of course, this was happening, the Kerry Lake example, in a Republican primary. So if the 2020 election was stolen by the Democrats, what is this being stolen by other Republicans? Or I don't know. Um, not much thought going on there. But it is scary. And so this has to happen. Rudy Giuliani has to be held accountable, as well as, more importantly, Donald Trump. But Rudy Giuliani is a step in that process um, because, again, it will happen again. More people will test the boundaries of our democracy by trying to overturn results, by trying to get their uh, movement riled up and threaten violence to pressure different, you know, individuals to go along with these actions. And right now, the Republican Party as a whole is completely on board with these lies based on no evidence. It's really, really wild and really scary. So the um, kind of main line of defense we now have against this happening again and against this becoming the norm and really deteriorating our democracy is the rule of law holding them accountable. So crazy stuff, um, but ultimately good stuff happening in Georgia right now. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. I will see you all tomorrow.